With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Real Deal. It is the NBA season 2023-2024 season is upon us, and I got a special, special show, special guest upcoming, so let's get started. Again, welcome to another episode of The Real Deal. Happy Saturday. It is October 21st. Can you believe it? It's almost at the end of October. Halloween's coming up, and then you know it's the, the next few holidays is the, the winter season and everything, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the holiday season is upon us. So, But I hope everyone's enjoying their Saturday morning, wherever you are, East Coast, West Coast. Uh, but again, thank you for tuning in to The Real Deal with Courtney Harden. I'm your host, as always, Courtney Harden. Uh, thank you, everyone, that always tunes in in the comments and that loves the show, like the show, subscribe to the show and all that. So we are presented by BS3 network bs3 roku channel bs3 tv roku channel uh you can find the show on all social media platforms and podcast platforms whether it's spotify apple google play again roku tv we're on youtube facebook and uh, twitter uh as well so yeah if you google i always say if you want to find find the show the real deal with courtney harden if you google it it has all the all the the shows on the network and all the episodes past episodes and things like that so find me there you can find me on like i said on instagram twitter and facebook or i think it's a twitter x whatever it's called these days i still call it twitter uh so but this is the nba season 2023 2024 season preview show big big show so i had to bring in a heavy hitter a heavy you know a big gun in the industry uh i'm excited to have him on so i am going to bring him on um bruce bernstein uh co-host of the 48 minutes podcast show on believe network I uh, was chief content officer of Pure Hoops Media from 2018 to 2022. Did some uh, ESPN, NBA on ESPN from 02 to 17. Syracuse University alum. I mean, this guy's got so much, uh, you know, history and content. And, and, you know, he's been with the NBA for many, many years. So it was only right to do a season preview with him. So thank you, Pure Hoops Bruce, as he calls himself. Bruce Bernstein, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, Courtney, great to be with you, and I really appreciate the invitation. I know we're going to have a great conversation, and we're going to make all of your viewers and listeners water cooler legends. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I'm excited for that because I know uh, 
but I've watched your podcast for eight hours, uh, 40 minutes, excuse me, 48 minutes. If it was 48 hours, it'd be like the movie, 48 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and, um, and I love, like you said, you've had so many great guests, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of my favorite, Miran Fader, uh, one of my favorite, uh, people in the industry. I, I, I've had her on the show quite a few times and, you know, she's, she's uh, you know, so good as an author and writer, staff writer and all those things, but you've had so many other great guests and, but the, the content you guys have on that show uh, and the conversations is, is amazing. So I, I love that type of, I love those type of podcasts. So I, I'm, I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you. And yes, I'm honored absolutely. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. But all right, let us know. Tell us a little bit about before we get into all the NBA storylines and the preview. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, how you got into the industry, because you've been covering the NBA for many years. So uh, start from the beginning, a little bit of, of your background. All right, well, I grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts, which is about halfway between Boston and Providence, Rhode Island. Big sports town. Uh you know, marvelous Marvin Hagler, the middleweight champion. Okay, he was, yes. He, he lived in my town. He actually used to train upstairs from my great uncle's shoe store. So used to see Marvin running around, you know, when he was training and stuff early in his career. Uh, got to ESPN in 1982. Uh, was there for eight years and left for three and a half. Came back in 93. Started covering the NBA for them in 94. Uh, and I covered uh, all the NBA finals from 94 to 2015. I used to oversee uh, NBA studio shows like NBA Coast to Coast, NBA Tonight, uh, worked with all the different analysts. I used to give them feedback, schedule them on shows. Yeah. They're the best guys and women ever. Okay. NBA people are the best people ever. All right. And just, <laughs> yes. and just everything that I've ever wanted to do in my broadcasting career was always sort of pointed towards the NBA. So when I left ESPN at the end of 2017, we started up the company called Pure Hoops Media, which is where I get my moniker from. Yes. Uh, and uh, that lasted for a few years, kind of, you know, couldn't sustain it after a thousand plus podcasts. And so I started working with the Believe Network last December on the show called uh, 48 Minutes, which, um, you know, you can buy these hats, by the way, on the Believe yes, website. Yes, the merchandise. Yeah, get that merch. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, I work with a guy named Ross Geiger, who was an assistant coach, video coordinator with three different NBA teams, uh, and Michael Freer, whose nickname is World B Freer. Old Sixers fans will remember World B Free. Yeah, well, be free. World yes, B Freer. World B Freer is a kind of an homage to to that. Yes, uh, <laughs> doing that podcast last December. During the season, we try to do two a week. During the offseason, we did one a week. And now we're gearing up. Our most recent one we taped, uh, did a lot of the, you know, uh, kind of preview stuff. And our official preview show is going to be recorded this Monday. And it will drop in the late night on Monday night, early Tuesday morning. So uh, we hope that uh, some of your listeners will check us out. And uh, yes. maybe maybe our, our audiences will kind of get to know each other a little bit. And we can make each other stronger, right? I love that. I love the connection. And as you said, you've covered this, this league for so many years and all, all the, all the games you've probably you've seen and covered and been fans of, and, you know, this great game of the, of the NBA, you know, just, it's amazing. I've been, like I said, I've been an NBA fan for, geez, I mean, 30 plus years over wow. and just loved it too. And now that I've, you know, 
podcasting and I just, I love the researching. I love the, uh, the connections and all those things. And, you know, each season is always different. And this season looks like it's going to be one of those special ones. Um, when we get into some of the previews and, you know, there's been so many trades already and like trades right before the season even started is has started. And, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun, but talk a little bit about the 48 minutes, uh, podcast and you said how it came all about and everything too. How do you select your guest? You prep for the show, uh, how, how that all come about. Well, you know, we we try to, you know, use our contacts from our careers. I mean, look, Russ Geiger, my co-host, is 100% responsible for getting us Giannis Antetokounmpo because they are actually very close friends. And if you watch the podcast that we did, it was probably about five weeks ago. Um, it's on my YouTube channel uh, if you want to find it. It's also on Apple Podcasts, you know, all the podcast platforms that your show is on. Yes. Um, he, had, he had asked Giannis shortly after we started doing the show, Hey, and we started it last December. He said, Hey, we'd love you to do the podcast. And, you know, Giannis said, yeah, you know, sometime after the season, I'll do it. He had never done a podcast ever, including his brother, Thanasis, who has a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he did our podcast before he did his brother's, which I said, well, Ross, I guess that makes him family or whatever. Right? <laughs> yes. <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> cause he, cause he stepped to the front of the line in front of Thanasis, which was awesome for us. I mean, we got a right. lot of notoriety out of it. And in fact, that particular podcast really set everything in motion for the trades and stuff that happened, right? Because I I had asked Giannis on the show, you love, you know, you always seem like you've been super comfortable playing in Milwaukee. Do you see yourself finishing your career there? And I was kind of expecting him to say, yeah, I love Milwaukee, you know, like the kind of standard sort of answer where, you know, guys don't want to say anything that might, but he didn't do that. He's there. Well, as long as everyone's working in the same direction, putting in the sacrifices, doing all the things to help make us successful, I see myself staying. But if I see that not happening, I will look for greener pastures. Yeah. And within a week, okay, Damian Lillard's on Milwaukee. Yes. A couple days later, you know, uh, Portland and Boston make a trade where, you know, Drew Holiday, who went from Milwaukee to Portland, comes to Boston. Yes. Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams III go to Portland. And Boston now all of a sudden is kind of, you know, right on par with Milwaukee. I think they're going to be kind of neck and neck. So I like to say that that interview with Giannis really kind of changed the trajectory of three NBA franchises. And maybe that's a little bit of a humble brag. I suppose it is. But at the same time, (laughs) it's facts, right? It happened. Yeah, Yeah, it happened right after (laughs) you said right after Giannis was on your podcast and made those statements. You said a week later, Damian Lillard goes, like I said, he goes right to Milwaukee and nobody, I, I didn't expect uh, Damian. I, I knew Damian Lillard was going to get traded, but we maybe thought Miami, maybe somewhere else, maybe Philly, maybe, but Milwaukee never, never even was on the radar. Uh, right. Corner reports and, and everywhere that we read and things like that, there was no talks, but, Behind the scenes, they were talking. So maybe Giannis knew something at that time, or he just put that out there and say, "Hey, I'm just dangling this little thing here, just to just to see, just I'll poke a little, just to see if the Bucks make a move." And but you know, they say he said this on your podcast. He now Demon Lillard is on on the Milwaukee Bucks and make them like 
like I said, one of the favorites to come out of the Easter Conference. I mean, they were already going to be the favorites, but getting Damian Lillard, uh, losing to Holiday, like I said, I know we'll get more into that, but that 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 exchange. I mean, I guess you take you take Damian Lillard over to Holiday as great as Drew Holiday is. Damian Lillard really opens up the floor <laughs> for the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I, with, with Giannis and Dame, that screen and roll game is going to be deadly. Yes. Yes. Absolutely deadly because Giannis can have his way down low. And if they double team him or triple team, they pop it back outside. And there's, you know, Dame is a threat to score as soon as he crosses half court. Right. I mean, right, he'll, right. He'll pull up from 40 feet sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Splash. Uh, so I really feel like with Dame now on that team, see, I think one of Milwaukee's Achilles heels last year was that they had these tendencies late in games to have these offensive droughts. They'd go yes. stretches without scoring. Right. And again, Chris Middleton was good, but he wasn't really himself last year. He missed more than half the season with injuries. And when he came yep. back, he wasn't the Chris Middleton that we know. So now you've got, you know, a fully motivated Dame, uh, yeah, they'll lose a little bit defensively on the perimeter with Drew Holiday gone, uh, but they'll be a lot better offensively with Lillard. So, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee, man, you know, yeah. they, they're, 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 they're a 60-win team, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's a, that's a big possibility. And you said, you're right, I think during the playoff, the last couple of years, Milwaukee got into a stagnant offense, especially like you said, down in the clutch, down in the clutch, those last two, three minutes where you knew, okay, everybody knew Giannis was going to get the ball and he's going to try to drive to the lane. So they just put a wall in the lanes where he can, you know, he couldn't really operate. There's no space. But now with Damian Lillard, you have to account for him, like you said, shooting from 35 and beyond and opens up. And, and Giannis talked about this. He's never seen open space so much on the floor um, <laughs> in his life. So now you have to account for Damian Lillard, who's going to take a lot of the pressure off of Giannis. And now that opens up the office. So Giannis has to – he doesn't have to, like, just barrel his way through each and every time to just to get a get a basket in the last couple of minutes. Now you got a guy, Damian Lillard, who's been clutch for his career, who, you know, oh, can, yeah. you know makes has made big shots, has sent teams home <laughs> throughout his career <laughs> and waved by to them. Uh, so uh, that that really uh, – that offense is really going to really be good. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a little growing pace in the beginning because they're trying to figure it out. But once they get really rolling, they're going to be – they're going to be really tough. 
I'll tell you what, and Middleton, who I mentioned a moment ago, he is going to really, really benefit from this yes. because he was always the number two guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and and he can, you know, he's got he's got a nice mid range. He can hit from downtown, whatever. But with Dame occupying some of the perimeter defenders, all Chris Middleton's got to do is just kind of keep moving around out there. They'll mm-hmm. find him. He is going to have so many open looks, and and uh, you know. He's a bucket getter, right? I mean, he's yeah. going to get good shot. He won't average 20 points, I don't think, because he's not going to get enough buckets to average 20. But he'll average somewhere in the high teens, and he's going to shoot a very good percentage. So he'll yeah. be very efficient this year. Yes, yes, that's it. He'll be very, very efficient. Like, he'll be even more efficient if he can stay healthy. And they have Brooke Lopez. They got Bobby Portis. I think Pat Connington, he helps a little bit of – that kind of well, he can hit open shots. He'll help uh, defensively on the perimeter as well. Like I said, yes, they did lose a lot with Drew Holiday, who's an excellent two-way player, and you know, so but Pat Connington can move in that a little bit. And I think they still will be decent defensively because Giannis is a is a is a great defender. Middleton can be a really good defender as well. So they'll just they'll cover for Dame's lack of defense you know even though dane did say he said hey i'm, I'm i i could be a, i can be a decent defender if i need to be and maybe he can be you know and you know playing with the bucks maybe that will help him become a better defender too so yeah i, I really like this team uh i think the only the maybe this it's not a really a weakness but the coaching because it's adrian griffin's first year first yeah. season um so that could be something, but you know he has to lean on these on the veterans. I think that that could really help. That could really help the coaching. I agree with you. I, you know, it's funny you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to talk about Adrian Griffin next. Highly respected assistant for a long time. Former Celtic, former lots of teams. Has a son AJ who's playing, I believe, for Atlanta right now. So I mean, he's a he's always been you know best great basketball DNA. But he had hired Terry Stotts Terry as an Stotts, assistant yeah. coach. And a couple days ago, apparently they got into a little thing during a huddle. Like there was a huddle and, and, and Adrian Griffin said to the assistant coaches after the huddle, I would like to talk to you guys separately. And before uh, Stotts came over to Adrian and the other assistants, he was saying something to Damian and to Giannis. And I guess Griffin like yelled at him in front of the whole team and Stotts yeah. quit. So now Terry Stotts is not going to be an assistant coach for Milwaukee. We're going to kind of have to keep our eye on that situation yes. a little bit, you know, because look, I mean, there'll be pressure on Adrian Griffin. No question about it. Everybody's expecting at the very least making the Eastern Conference finals, if not winning a championship. And for a rookie coach, as we saw with Joe Missoula last year, that's a pretty tall order. Yeah, very tall order. You're right. That that's exactly that's that's one of the biggest storylines now. Terry Stotts just he quits, and they, maybe that was a part of the the trade of of Damian Lillard. He worked with Damian Lillard for so many years, being his coach for what nine, ten years right. of his career, and you know that was that that kind of helped Dame Dame come to Milwaukee. I'm sure, but now that he's not there, who like I said, a very respected coach, it was going to be the assistant was going to help alleviate some of those coaching groin pains that Adrian Griffin's going to to encounter, he was probably going to be the voice of reason right there as his head as associate assistant coach. Now he doesn't have that. So that is something to watch out for and uh, to see how that how that's going to transpire. So I, I, I hope Adrian Griffin has success because he has a very talented team and uh, we'll see how that how that all plays out. But Terry Stotts, yeah, to 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 lead a team a week before the season starts is right. is big news. Absolutely. 
So, all right. Well, I'm, we, once we get back into some of the some of those uh, storylines, um, I want to ask you about more about your ESPN career. You said you 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 was with there at ESPN. You've seen all the the changes and things like that, and even now today, there's so many turnover and so many changes, even with the NBA coverage and and all that. That that experience of you working for ESPN, how has that from when you started then until what you see today? Well, I mean, having access to so much information, you know, the research department, having yeah. the opportunity to cover a lot of games over the years, you know, all-star games, NBA finals, some regular season games, doing shows on a daily basis, I had, I was able to develop a really good network. I mean, I, I still know most of the PR people around the NBA, and it's, it's a challenge getting guests, although I still ask them. I figure if I ask enough times, maybe one or They'll two of them it. will come yeah. through. You know, you're not going to get anything if you don't ask, right? Right, So, right. Um, So I would, you know, I, I have contacts all around the league. I have a contact list with a lot of, you know, former players and coaches that I've worked with, you know, people like, you know, Mike Brown, Rick Carlisle, um, just, you know, the the broadcasters, journalists. I mean, you know, people like Ramona Shelburne, Chinea Gumake. Uh, these people are friends, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, Mark Jones, Mike Breen, all these people. So they've all been, you know, I learned something from everybody, Courtney. Uh, I always sort of felt like I know some stuff, but I don't know everything, right? So... I would always try and tap into people's expertise. And when you have access to the very best of the best, like these journalists, these broadcasters, these former coaches who would come work as analysts, you know, Mike Brown was, you know, is, remains a really good friend. He was one of our analysts, you know, um, half of the guys on the San Antonio Spurs who have their numbers retired worked with me at one point, you know, Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott, uh, Bruce Bowen. So when you get a chance to talk to these people, and shut your mouth and listen, ask questions, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, because we all love the sound of our voice, right? But yeah. you don't really learn anything when you're talking. You learn when you're listening. So yes, by being right. able to have access to these brilliant people uh, and, you know, just the whole ESPN facility. I mean, you know, I had access. I had, you know, access to people at the NBA. I worked on the NBA draft for 15 straight years. I was in charge of David Stern for 11 of them and Adam Silver for four of them. So, wow, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I feel like I had opportunities to touch a lot of different areas and very grateful. And it's, and it's helping me now, even, even, you know, though I'm not in the TV business anymore. Yeah. I mean, as you said, just the access to, to be able to, uh, like I said, the research department or, uh, you said ESPN is still the worldwide leader in many changes is done. It's still like the, the biggest sports network, uh, even though it has a lot of competition, but it's still like it's still ESPN. And, but to, like I said, the connections to further, you know, the journalists, the broadcasters and, uh, just to listen and soak in assistant coaches, former players, play current players, exactly. just to, to soak that all, all that information. I, that, that would be like, I love that. He said, because if you have a contact list, but if you're there and working there and you're just listening and just soaking it all in that, that's just a lot of information, just to, to valuable information to have. When you sit and you watch a game with somebody like Tim Legler. Okay. Yes. Right. It's like getting a PhD in basketball. Because we just because he's because he's like writing stuff down because you know he would be preparing 
uh, notes for production assistance because he'd want to show video of a certain thing. He'd go up on the touch screen and he'd pause it and he'd put arrows and this and that. And then he'd show you how things unfold. And you just, you just go to a much deeper level. Uh, and you know, so, so having an opportunity to work with somebody like Legler back when Doug Collins worked with the network, I'll never forget one time. It was a 2015 finals, the first championship for the Warriors. Doug was doing, wasn't doing the game. He was on the pregame show or maybe (laughs) something. So I'm sitting with him down in the green room watching the game. And he is basically saying, predicting what was going to happen. All right. So after that, watch what they do. The guy was just like predicting plays before they happen. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is like I can't even believe this. But it was like, you know, I I hope that, uh, you know, I know he's working as a consultant with the Chicago Bulls. So hopefully he's going to take some of that expertise and help get that team out of second gear, because right now I think that's where they are. They're stuck right in the middle of the pack, which is the worst place to be. Yeah, it's, the Bulls are, they're right in, they say they're right in the middle and they just seem like they don't go up or down. They're just stuck right in, right in the the middle of mediocrity, really. <laughs> they're, they're never worse than that, but they're never that much better than being mediocre. And then I just, yeah, I just don't understand. They don't make, they don't make many moves and the moves they do make, they're, they're, they're small or minor or if any, um, and they just like to be in that middle they could make the playoffs or they could just miss out one game from the playoffs. You know, if you were going to predict them, you're going to say, well, they'll win between 40 and 42 games. They might be 500. They might be a game over 500. They might be a game under 500, but they're Mm -hmm. they're Like you said, they are straight middle of the pack. Middle of the pack every, every, every (laughs) single year. It seems like over the last five, six years um, for for them. But uh, yeah, you're right. Just you, you talk, Tim Legler, Doug Collins. Uh, I remember Doug Collins. You know, after he after he was coach after he was coaching, he became like I said as an analyst, and he was like, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was, uh, you said, predicting plays. We People talk about Tony Romo predicting plays mm-hmm. and things like that. Right. The Collins was doing that years ago. So uh, the Collins was one of the, like you said, super, you know, the analytics and the the, the way he could see the game. And I, I just used to love just hearing him break down film or break down the game and broadcasting. And, uh, yeah, Hubie Brown is another one oh. that does that. Uh, I mean, so many years. And Hubie Brown's still going strong at 90 years old. He's still yeah. going strong. So, you, like I said, you've had the, the front row seat to – to soak that in and then even have your own uh, thing going on too. So that, 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 that's, that I love, I love all that. Very grateful. 
Yes, yes, it is. It, I'm sure it totally is. So, all right, let's get into a few more of these storylines. Uh, we, you know, we talked about the Bucks and how what they're what they're capable of. Uh, let's let's go to the let's go to the Celtics on the other end, where they said they picked up Drew Holiday. They have Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, Jalen Brown signs one of the biggest contracts ever in NBA history as so far. Uh, and he still got Jason Tano. Missoula is signed. They lose Marcus Smart. They lose Robert Williams. Um, they lose Grant Williams as well. So where do you see the Celtics uh, at that top, you know, top two, top three teams in the East? Yeah, I see Boston and Milwaukee almost being identically, I, I, you know, like co-favorites. Someone's going to come out of the East. It's going to be one of those teams unless something crazy happens injury-wise, okay? But, you know, you mentioned their starting five. You didn't mention Derek White, who's the fifth starter. Um, That starting five, I think, is the gold standard for starting fives in the league. But my concern with Boston is injuries could be a thing. You know, Kristaps Porzingis has a history of injuries, and they've invested a lot of, you know, capital in him. Uh, their depth could be a little bit of a question mark, I think. You know, last year, Malcolm Brogdon was the first guard off the bench, and he was the sixth man of the year. Also, Grant Williams, who a lot of NBA fans know, but when you when you would watch that guy on a day-to-day basis, he was somebody who probably averaged, you know, seven or eight points a game, but he was a hard-nosed defender. He was one of the few tough guys on Boston, along with Marcus Smart, also gone, because they're really mostly a soft team, a finesse team. They don't really have tough guys on their team. I mean, back in his day, Al Horford was was a tough guy, but he's 37 years old now, and he'll probably you know play reduced minutes this year with, with Przingis there. And also, Grant Williams was actually one of their best players when it came to guarding Giannis because right. he'd get low on that center of gravity, and he'd push him off of his spots, mm-hmm. make it difficult for him. And look, if Giannis got the ball on him in the post, he could shoot over him, but a lot of times he couldn't even get the position he wanted because Grant Williams was kind of pushing him around. And I think one of the big things about Boston, and this is something for, you know, if you watch Celtics games this year and and the folks who are are listeners and viewers of your show, their their guards, Holiday and Derek White, that is, I think, without question, the best defensive backcourt in the entire NBA. Um, White was second team all defense last year. Holiday was first team all defense last year. Yeah. And in today's NBA, we're between screen and roll, where you want guys to get in the paint or drive and kick to get those open threes, teams, other teams are going to have a real tough time. Their guards are going to have a really tough time getting into the paint against those two guys because they are both dogs out there and yeah. they will give no ground at all. You know, uh, Derek White, if, again, if you folks watch some Celtics games, he was the leading shot blocker among guards last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and Holiday, as we know, is just like, you know, a relentless defender and, and and white too. And they both have good enough offensive games where they're not going to be taking shots away from Brown and 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 uh Tatum. They'll just be glue guys, I mean, and 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 do their thing. So my concern with them is gonna be health with Porzingis and depth as some of the guys that they've acquired, some of whom are actually going to surprise people because I've seen them on other teams and I like them. <laughs> guys like, you know, Namias Keda, Lamar Stevens, O'Shea Brissett. Yep. You know, I think, you know, they're not going to be like huge factors, but you need those guys to do the dirty work. And I think they're all kind of here for that. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that uh, assessment. And I think the Celtics, as you said, this could be like their Tatum's entering his prime right now. Jalen Brown's into his prime. So, you know, they they had a they've had a great run with Marcus Smart. He was the heart and soul of that team. Oh God, so true. Yes. And now that he's gone, because I think it was to me, it was it seemed like it was a more of a you know, leadership thing. Like Marcus Smart was such a leader, vocal mm-hmm. leader and their heart and their soul. They lose that. Now it's Tatum's team now. So they seem like there was that at least, at least last season in Missoula was trying to figure that out as a first year head coach was trying to figure it out. And like I was reading that there was some things with, with, with Smart and Grant Williams where they were battling with Missoula, like, okay, who's the leader? Now Tatum is the clear-cut leader of this team, and, you know, Jalen Brown's getting paid to be, <laughs> you know, you know now you have to see him improve even more. So pressure's on them to really take that next step, get back to the finals, and maybe finish the deal. So you go out and get a Chris Porzingis, who we know if he's healthy, he really helps them on the defensive end, offensively. He's a seven foot three. Yeah. Can, can shoot the three, can get on the post a little bit. And he doesn't mind. He's not a, like I said, not a powerful guy, but he doesn't mind mixing it up either in a way. He just got like said the health. And then you said Derek White, Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is going to really have a tremendous year because I think he's going to feel disrespected that, okay, Milwaukee trades me after we win a championship and they want to get Dame Lillard. Okay. If it comes down to us, if it comes down to Celtics and Bucks, I think Drew Holly's going to really take it, take it personal. So yeah, the Celtics are going to be really tough. Well, you know, it's funny. You say that it's Tatum's team. And as we speak today, I agree with you. I think that's true, but I could see things evolving where Drew holiday eventually kind of becomes the leader of this team. It's not going to happen right away because that's not the kind of guy drew is drew will spread his goodness around that locker room around practice when they practice. I mean, think of how great an opportunity it's going to be for Peyton Pritchard, right? Who's going to have to take a bigger role this year. And he played like maybe 45, 50 games last year. And a lot of his minutes were mop-up minutes, but he's going to be expected to do more this year. And the opportunity to practice every day against Drew Holiday is going to help that guy grow. I expect him to to be a much different guy than than we've seen in his first couple seasons. I 100% agree. And uh, yeah, and now Tatum becomes an MVP candidate now. Like oh, uh, yeah. he was, he was most of the last season, but now it's it's like okay, Mark Smart's gone. Uh, all right, I gotta even step up even more. And they're and they like I said, their defense is gonna be really something to watch because of that backcourt. Tatum's a really good defender. Jalen Brown could be a really good defender. And as we said, if Porzingis stays healthy, he could be a good defender. So, Just stand there Al, with your hands up in the up, middle. Right. Just keep your hands up. Right, right. Yes. And Al Horford is a good defender. So even at his age, he still yep. can be, I mean, whatever you get out of Al Horford, I would, it's, I think it was, uh, I was trying to listen to another podcast and I think uh, they said that Al Horford, keep him in bubble wrap for most of the season. <laughs> and then bring, cause he, he did, he showed he could still be effective when he does not play in a lot of minutes. So, but you're right. I think the depth is a, is a question mark. Uh, and, and, and I still feel like the coaching again, Missoula now has got to figure out rotations and things like that. So he's got the experience, he, you know, from the first season. Now he can really put his blueprint on this team. And this is now his team to lead. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they did a really good job beefing up the brain trust there. They hired yeah. Sam Cassell when, when, you know, Doc got let go in Philly. You know, Sam was available. They brought him in, former Celtic. Yes. Uh, Charles Lee, who was an assistant in Milwaukee, highly respected guy. And they hired Jeff Van Gundy as like a senior consultant. Yeah. And 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 so he's kind of got his eyes on everything up there. And, and uh, I don't want to, you know, I, I said last week, I, you know, like, if Joe Missoula doesn't seem like he's up to the job or, or things aren't going well, you know, there are three different people that could theoretically <laughs> already be, you know, qualified to, to take over. I hope that doesn't happen. Joe Missoula looks like a really good coach. And I think he did a good job last year, considering the situation that he yeah. found himself in. Yes. That wasn't easy and it wasn't fair to judge him. He didn't have his own assistance. He lost Damon Stoudemire, who was his top assistant, who went yeah. to take the Georgia Tech job, like I think in March or whatever, just on the eve of when the season was hitting its peak. So Joe Missoula, from what I've read, you know, from the stuff I read, he's asserting himself more. And yeah, and so good. good for him. Good for him. Yeah, it's a good thing. I think you're right. I think that's a good thing because now he can – it's almost like a clean slate. Now, this, mm -hmm. like you said, last season with all the things that were going on, and he just – he had to step right in and really find his his way throughout the season, take his bumps and throughout the season. And, and they, I mean, they still got to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, yes, they didn't really – they, they gave it a series with Miami, but Miami was up 3-0 in that series. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, he, he did all he could, and now he really has his team. Now he can really put his, his yep. stamp on his team. So Absolutely. They're, they're going to be a dangerous team once again, too. So, all right, let's talk about these uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And, oh, yeah, and this uh, it's, it's the James Harden circus. Uh, it just seemed like I've, I've seen this. This movie before with Ben Simmons a few years ago, a couple of different situ different situations, but almost the same thing. But you know, James Harden is clashing with Daryl Morey, not showing up to practice now, and who knows what's going to happen when the season starts? Is it going to be there? Is it not going to be there? Is he going to make? Uh, you know, he's going to make it like a living hell, just if I will say, with with that, with the team. And I think the Sixers are going to take a step back with without James Harden because I don't – their depth is very – we talk about depth, their depth is pretty questionable. Um, you know, yes, you got the MVP and Joel Embiid, uh, you know, reigning MVP. I like Tyrese Maxey, but – this Harden and the Nick Nurse now is the head coach. I, I do I do like that. But what do you think of the whole Harden and Sixer situation? All right. Full disclosure here. I've never been a fan of James Harden. Okay. Me, me, yeah, okay. That yeah. is until last season. Okay. <laughs> I always felt that he put his personal stats first and winning second. I hated the way he dominated the ball, and I never felt like he made his teammates better. But I really felt last season, and I praised him numerous times, I felt that was the best version of James Harden I'd seen in forever. He was a willing playmaker. He scored fewer points, but he led the league in assists for a team that won 50-plus games. He was the primary reason that Joel Embiid ended up winning the MVP. Their efficiency together on the court in their two-man game was pretty much the best in the league. Yeah. But he's reverted back to his James first mindset. He's causing havoc in Philly. He wants out and Philly wants him out, but you can't just trade a guy of his stature for a bag of tasty cakes. Okay? <laughs> so, so they're stuck with each other. The best thing might just be for the team to tell him, you know what, James, why don't you just kind of stay away? 
and we'll work on getting an acceptable deal for you. And we'll let you know and we'll let your agent know when that happens. But you're really not helping us. So, you know, just just go away for now. I don't know if you saw it, but Kenyon Martin, that former NBA player, he was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast yesterday. Yes. He just trashed Harden. He called him a liar. He said, dog, why would anybody give you maximum money? You're a liar. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's from a that's from a guy yeah. who you think might be sort of sympathetic, former player, played against him, yada yada yada. Uh-uh. Kenyon Martin, you know, gave it to him straight. Ripped right into him. Yeah, yeah. And that and that and that's that's it right there. That's the that's the issue. James Harden has to come to a realization that he's not the same player he was in Houston. Mm-hmm. He's not even the same player he was in Brooklyn. You know, he's still a good player, but he's not a max guy anymore. And I think that's where it gets, you know, where he feels like he doesn't have any leverage. And that's where I think he feels like, okay, I still need to get paid. I still need to get my, I'm not trying to dog him for not wanting to get paid even more. Okay. You want to get your money, get your money, but you have to come to a realization that, okay, I've done this. I got myself out of Houston. I got myself out of Brooklyn and now I'm doing it again. So many teams are not going to give you so many chances. And I think the Clippers, I know that's the team that they're linked to. I really don't think they really want him either. I really don't because they're get, okay. Terrence Mann and draft picks. They're like the Sixers asking price. They want more. They're like, we don't really, I don't think they really want Harden because I think that messes up their chemistry with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard. They have Russell Westbrook. They got where Russell Westbrook playing, you know, Westbrook playing back to what he was maybe about three, four years ago. Westbrook is in a good situation now. Yeah. So you bring Harden into that mix that could, I don't, I just, I don't see that. And that, I don't see any other teams really. That's why I don't why the wife's really pushing for James Harden. Well, you know, with the, the, the problem with making a trade for a guy like James, okay. He he's, he's on the books for like 35.6 million this year. Yes. Okay. So you can't just trade like, you know, third stringers for this guy. You got to make the dollars match. That's why when Boston picked up Drew Holiday from Portland, they had to give Robert Williams the third and Brogdon just to make them. I'm sure they wanted to keep Robert Williams. Brogdon, yes. they were probably like, eh. Right, right. But you you got to you got to give you got to make the numbers match up. I'm not buying the Clippers by the way. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know, they're a championship contender." I could actually see the Clippers not even making the playoffs this year. Now, I know that sounds nuts, okay? But nope. between injuries, between, you know, load management, Paul George gets hurt a lot. Kawhi sometimes gets hurt. You know, Russell Westbrook at this stage of his career is not going to be like your alpha dog leading your team to the playoffs. He's more of a supporting guy, a very good one, extremely right. good one, but not – and he's like 34 years old at this point, yes. and he's a guard, right? So I'm – I'm not buying the Clippers. I mean, when we do our predictions next week uh, for our show, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I feel that. Well, I just kind of did. So I'm not buying the Clippers. And yeah, if you bring James Harden into that mix, one of those three guys is probably going to have to go in that trade. And I don't really see where either of where that, and they're not going to trade Kawhi. No, I don't think, you know, maybe they would trade Paul George, but I don't even think that. So now you're going to have, you know, two you, if you if you bring Harden in, which you know, you're going to have a ball dominant James Harden and a ball dominant Russell Westbrook, and you only got one ball. Yeah, and an unhappy Kawhi Leonard and and or Paul George because because you know they're the two guys, the two 
alpha dogs on that team. And then if you get Harden and Westbrook dominating the ball, then that's going to be an issue. And Ty Lue, as good of a coach as he is, that's, that's a, that's a hard team to manage. <laughs> that's a he's, very hard team to manage. <laughs> he's an, he's an excellent coach. I mean, yes. he's one of the very best coaches. So, yes. Yes. but, but that would be a challenge for any coach. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be a very big challenge. So yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you. I think Harden stays, but it could be one of those situations where they send him home and yeah. say, you know, if you're not going to, you don't want to be here. You're not committed. You go home because I feel for Joel Embiid because he wants to win. And now he's stuck in this situation again. And he's probably thinking, this is deja vu. This is Ben Simmons again. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be here. I don't want to, you know, and I just, I feel like Philly should have pushed even harder for Damian Lillard. I think that could have been a really that could have did. I know they didn't want to get rid of Tyrese Maxey, but you have a two, three year window. If you get Damian Lillard to try to win a championship, I think you go all in and just, you figure it out. And I like Max. I really like that. He's going, he's been improving a lot and you know, the quickness, the, the dribbling, the could get to the basket, you know, uh, you know, better jump shot. He's getting his jump shot a little bit better too. And now the ball's going to be in his hand, especially if Harden's not there. Tyrese Maxey becomes that number two guy, officially that number two guy. And the pick and roll with him and Joel Embiid can really work. Uh, but I, if you got a chance to get Damian Lillard, I thought they should have really pushed even harder. And maybe they did. And they just, it just didn't work out. I really like Tyrese Maxey. I know you said you've been following the NBA for, you know, 30 some odd years. Do you remember or hurt, remember the reputation of Andrew Tony? On the yes, Sixers, mm-hmm. the Boston Strangler. All right, that's what yeah. we used to call him in, in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Tyrese Maxey reminds me a lot of Andrew mm, Tony, and Andrew Tony yeah. was a bad dude. Yeah. He was a he was a stone cold killer, and I think Tyrese Maxey is on a trajectory where he may get to that point because I love that guy's game. I just enjoy watching him. Yeah, yes, I yes, because he's such a he's quick and like I said, he can get to the basket, and you know now that. He's him and Joel Embiid. If if Harden's not there and to take up, you know, have the ball in his hands all the time, then now it's Maxi's turn. So, yeah. you know, the Sixers—they're one of those other teams too that can really—they—they they could be that fourth, fifth team, or I can see them dropping even further uh, mm-hmm. down the line and maybe in the play-in because it's Joel Embiid and everybody else with him uh, and Maxi. And I just, I their their depth is very questionable, mm-hmm. uh, but. You know, they got a new coaching, and Nick Nurse is a really good coach, so maybe he'll have some better offense that Doc Rivers wasn't running. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I guess, but the Harden situation really is, is that cloud over them. I feel bad for the Philly fans. They deserve better. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do deserve better. <laughs> they really do. So, uh, I think we talked about most of the East. Any other teams that you look that you're looking uh, at with the East that could actually make some noise, or any surprise teams? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one team. You know, I had picked. You know, for for our show today, I picked one surprise team from the West and one from the East. So okay. I'll give you my East team now. Indiana Pacers. Okay. Yes. Yes. They've got. They've got, they're going to surpass expectations. A lot of people aren't even picking them to make the playoffs. I totally expect them to be in the playoffs. Me too. They've got an all-star caliber point guard in Tyrese Halliburton. They've got a good presence in the middle on defense with Miles Turner. You've got a three-point specialist like Buddy Heald. You've got a second-year bucket getter in Benedict Matherin. Obi Toppin comes over from the Knicks, gives them some front court depth. Free agent Bruce Brown, who was a huge factor yes. for Denver last year in the playoffs. 
uh, help win it all. He's what I like to call a Swiss Army knife. He does a little yeah. bit of everything. A little everything, yes. A yes. Little, little of everything. And then, you know, so, and you have Rick Carlisle, uh, who's a tremendous coach, and this rookie, Jarris Walker, man, he's a 6'8", 20-year-old beast. If he gets some minutes, he is going to set some great screens for guys like Heald and, and Halliburton. They're going to be definitely a team who's who's going to be exceeding expectations in a lot of people's minds. So, yes, and it's great. I mean, Indiana is a great basketball city or state, rather, so I'm – I think they'll do very well this year. I agree. I, I like I like Indiana a lot, and just for all the reasons you said, and they're going to play more up tempo. And they've all they were already one of the most the least efficient transition teams last year, and now you add a Obi Toppin and the, the the pieces they have in Bruce Brown. You add those pieces. Uh, and Bruce Brown just coming off a championship run with Denver. Uh, that you know he just adds to that. Just a guy that wants to run, and you know Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, they're going to, yeah, they're going to really, I think they're going to have a breakout year too. So yeah. I, I 100% agree. Uh, I did want to ask you about one more team, then we'll move to the yep. West. Yep. Uh, the Miami, the Miami Heat uh, coming off another tremendous run. And they feel, it, it seems like they're being a little disrespected again, too. And yes, they didn't get Dame Lillard. I think that, that, that does hurt a lot, but you still have Jimmy Butler and playoff Jimmy Butler is a real thing. <laughs> and it, like this guy can take it, you know, and, and the, their system and what they stand for. And they, they're going to think like, okay, everybody's talking about Milwaukee. Everybody's talking about Boston, you know, Cleveland is another team that people are putting ahead of them. New York is another team, but Miami right there. Uh, what do you think of the Miami heat and their chances of getting back to the NBA finals? They had the worst off season, I they think, did. of any team. Yes. Because they were so sure they were going to be able to get Damian Lillard for a mm -hmm. bag of chips because nobody else was interested in them, in Damian Lillard, except for them. So they let Max Struess go as a free agent. They let Gabe Vincent go as a free agent, who's now on the Lakers and is going to be a really good addition to the Lakers. Mm -hmm. So what do they have left? They've got Bam Adebayo, who's awesome. Love that guy. You've yep. got an aging Jimmy Butler who's still really good, as you mentioned, particularly in the playoffs. You know, I don't, he even admits, I don't really get interested in what's going on until after the All-Star break. So, you know, <laughs> so you're going to have, you know, solid Jimmy. And Tyler Hero, that's going to be an interesting situation for yes. me. Because Tyler's a 20-point guy. But he knows all summer long they were trying to trade him. So how's he going to feel about things? We know all about the Heat culture. It really is a thing, Courtney. They, it really is. I believe in it. And it's been, you know, it's been in place for a while. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So when we had Marcus Johnson on our show talking about the whole Giannis Lillard thing. I had asked him about that and he doesn't think it's going to be a problem. He he said the heat culture will paper over any sort of morale problems that a guy like Tyler Hero might have. But I just don't see that team, you know, I mean, Caleb, uh, Caleb Martin was good last year. I don't think he's as good as he played in the playoffs. Uh, and some of their other guys, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, Duncan Robinson, 
yeah, okay, he's a one-dimensional player, you know. But here's the thing about Miami and, and why we shouldn't sleep on them, even though I'm basically telling you every reason that I'm sleeping on them right now. <laughs> they have a great history of developing players there, guys that you haven't really heard of yes. until they play in that system and they develop under Spolstra, under Riley, under, you know, just – you know, get kind of washed into that culture. So there's going to be a couple guys whose names we don't really know that will probably emerge as decent guys. So I would say, you know, I look at Miami and I'm thinking like maybe six, seven, eight, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they, they, they barely made the playoffs. They had to, they had to in the play in get that eight seed and they got right in. And then like I said, once the, once the playoffs hit, Jimmy Butler turns it around and that team and that heat culture turns around. I think that's the, a, a good point. A great point you made was because they have Eric Spolster as their coach. <laughs> and so he, you know, there's just, you know, arguably the, the best coach in, in the NBA. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, he knows how to push the, right buttons and get this team playing at, playing very hard. But you're right. I think Gabe Vincent, losing Gabe Vincent and Max Struess is something to really keep an eye on because Kyle Lowry, he's he's in the back end of his career too. And he barely I mean he had an okay year, but he wasn't really he was he's not the Kyle Lowry that we've seen three, four years ago because no, of the, no. the age and the injuries yeah. and things like that. And I mean how much can Jimmy Butler carry this this team, um, that's that's something. But it, it, I think it does come down to Tyler Hero, though. I think it. I agree with you. I think it does come down to him because he is a twenty point can be a twenty point scorer. Yeah. But he's a liability on defense. He, he said he heard he's heard all the trade rumors, and now he's he's very upset because Portland didn't really want him. Uh, they wanted more than just him for the Damian Lillard. So he's taking it personal. So maybe a a, a really ticked off uh, Tyler Tyler Hero. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. see if that that helps, but that would be big for Miami. But I, you know, I'm not going to count them out. But I don't think they're going to uh, yeah. get back to the finals. I mean, you know, you look at what they have. They have three really good players, and then they got a bunch of guys. Right? Yeah, right, right. And like <laughs> you said, Gavin and Max Struess, they, they they came out of nowhere. They've come out of nowhere just being in that Heat culture, yep. uh, and now they've gotten paid and they go on other teams. So it's uh, you know, you said Miami could bring two, three guys come playoff time. You're thinking, who are these guys? Right. And they're and they're playing in the finals again. <laughs> Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Right. We will definitely see. We'll definitely see. But all right, let's move on to the West. And I mean, the West is so loaded. I mean, we could go through. There's there's at least ten to twelve teams in the West that are fighting for eight spots. Uh, but let's let's start with Denver. I think you got to start there. Uh, the defending champions, and you know, there's 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 still talk. Can they repeat? And you know, there's other teams coming at them and, and everything. They still, they have Nikola Jokic. They, you know, they, uh, I, they, they, Jamal Murray, they, I mean, I think a, the now a healthy Jamal Murray coming, we've seen what he can do in the finals and playoffs and finals. And now he's coming to regular season. They're going to be another dangerous team too. And what do you think of uh, Denver and their chances of repeating? I think they'll come out of the West. I expect them to come out of the Western Conference, but I don't see them repeating. I, I okay. think both Milwaukee and Boston are better, but I thought the same thing last year too. So, I mean, I was wrong about them last year. And, you know, <laughs> uh, the difference that I see is, you know, Damian Lillard made Milwaukee, makes Milwaukee better. Drew Holiday and Porzingis makes Boston better. But Denver, to me, 
They lost Bruce Brown, who we talked about with Indiana a few minutes ago. They lost Jeff Green, who granted was only playing like 17, 18 minutes a game. But that guy, man, his his contributions went way beyond what he would show up in a box score. He was a really important guy, a leader on that team. So guys like Reggie Jackson and Christian Brown are really going to need to step up and, and, you know, fill the gaps a little bit. But uh, it's not like the cupboard's bare. I mean, look, Michael Porter Jr., if healthy, you know, ex- excellent player. Aaron Gordon was outstanding last year. Outstanding, yes. And jo- and Jamal Murray, you mentioned. I mean, he's great. And, and Jokic, you talk about a unicorn, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's a two-time MVP at age 28. He could have been a three-time MVP last yeah. year, but it was, they they decided to give it to Joel Embiid, which you know, okay. I mean, he he was certainly deserving, but they say that great players that their most productive years are between the ages of twenty-eight and thirty-two. Okay, yeah. Jokic is twenty-eight. Yes. So it's possible we haven't even seen the, the best, best version of this guy yet. And and I I had asked somebody, I forget who. What would that even look like? I mean, yeah. he's he's the best passer in the NBA, guard, forward, you name it. He's the best passer, okay? Yeah. He yes. makes things easy for his teammates. He gets guys open looks. He puts the ball right where it needs to be. If he gets any better, then, you know, maybe Denver will repeat. I don't see it happening right now. But uh, I think they'll come out of the West. I, I, I like, yes, I agree. Hundred, I agree. Everything you just said with about Denver, I think they definitely come out of the West. Um, and just to talk about Nikola Jokic, Nikola, I mean, this guy, you said, he loves passing the ball more than anything. He loves getting his teammates open looks. And, and you know, the, the, they play so much better when around him and he's looking to pass but then he could get down on the block and score he could shoot from the outside uh he could do a little better he could dribble you know as slow as it looks he could he gets in that lane and he's a load he's such a big player i just like watching him play because he's he's so good and as you said he and you know yes he won his first championship as we know, watching and, and, and covering and, and others for so many years, they get greedy. They want more. <laughs> it's like he wants another championship. It, it's like, oh, this feels good. Like, but I want to get there again. I want to win another. I want to win another, win another. So that motivation, and he doesn't care about stats. He doesn't, it just seems like he just goes out there and he plays basketball. He's he's from that old school era where it's like, okay, just throw me the ball. Okay. What do we have to do to win? He does whatever it takes to win. Um, yep. But as you said, their depth, yes, losing uh, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, big pieces of their championship run. It, it does get, get guys like Christian Brown to really have to step up. And Christian Brown played a lot of meaningful minutes too, especially in the, in the yep. playoffs and the finals. So he steps in um, and takes some of the ball handling duties and everything too. But I do, I did love the Aaron Gordon that he finally now found his – his spots, his niche now of being there playing off the ball with, uh, with Jokic and, uh, Jamal Murray. So I, you know, that Aaron Gordon, he took their, he took their office to another level. You know, I want to circle back quickly to Jokic because here's, I want to kind of try and explain in my mind, some of the things that make him so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot speed him up. He plays no. the game at his own speed. It doesn't matter what's going on around him. He's in his own sphere and he's, you know, he's playing his game and you can't, you can't make him panic. And here's the thing. Sometimes I, 
I get hired by ESPN Radio to produce some games on radio. So last year I did a, a, a Phoenix-Denver playoff game, okay? And I was sitting, you know, our table was courtside, but it was close to one end of the – so I was watching Jokic, okay? He never jumps more than about two inches off the floor. I watched him the entire game, Courtney. He never jumped more than about two inches off the floor. He gets his hand up, he tips the ball to himself, and he grabs the rebound. He's not somebody who has to like make big flashy plays where he like someone like Zion Williamson who just explodes up in the air and then lands with a you know powerful you know press. Jokic is almost like he's got great footwork. He doesn't jump high, and and I believe that because he plays that way, where he doesn't try to jump, he doesn't try to do more than he needs to physically. He'll play 15 years and he won't get hurt because he's not going to have all that like weight coming down on his ankles and his knees and his feet because feet are one of the things that ends big men's careers. A lot of time, the pounding his don't take it. So you watch if you if you ever get a chance to any of your listeners or viewers get a chance to watch a Denver game, just watch how he is at both ends. He doesn't jump, which means that he's not taking as much of a pounding. And that's one of the secrets, I think, to his success. I, I, yeah, that's that's a I mean, great points because you're right. He does play at his own speed, and he doesn't rush, and and that's why he's so efficient as a big man. He he doesn't he doesn't get rattled at all when double teams come. You know, he's such a great mm-hmm. passer. He averages eight nine assists a game, like almost a triple double. He did right. have a triple double, yeah. so it's and it's an effective triple. There's not one of those triple doubles that you think, hey, just fill the box score. No, this guy right. actually. Is is it affects the game in so many ways? And oh, by the way, he can give you 20, 20 to twenty five points on any given night Absolutely. when he wants to, and then 12, re- 12 to thirteen <laughs> rebounds, like in his sleep. So he's become one of those players, uh, like you said, a, a unicorn, uh, in, in at the highest level. Uh, I can't say much. I I, I, I love Nikola Jokic, and I know there's always the Joel Beavers and Nikola Jokic. I take Jokic because I think he could just do a little bit more, and he's getting better defensively. I know that was. That was the key, but it's like he's a load. He's seven foot two, so he stands there and they can't move. They can't move him. So uh, he's he's gotten he's getting much better defensively too. So what else can he he can't do? It's like he can do everything. <laughs> and I love exactly. it. So yeah. I agree. Totally agree. You brought up Phoenix Suns. They've been the talk of the of the season as well. Um, they got getting Bradley Beal. They got Frank Vogel as coach. Uh, now, but they 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 lost uh, Chris Paul and Cameron Payne. They're going to be a, a dangerous team because of the scoring. Uh, but will they got Nurkic now too? Will they be able to overtake to you? I know we both picked Denver, but can they make it to the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, look, the one thing I think they really have to try and get straight on their team is: uh, Are they going to have a point guard? If they do have a point guard, who is it going to be? And maybe they don't even need a point guard because you've got, you know, KD who can get his shot, yeah. Devin Booker who can get his own shot. These guys, you know, they you give them the ball and they'll create something. Beal is more of a spot-up guy. He may end up becoming sort of like the point guard, you know, the de facto point yeah, guard or something. The ball up, yes. I'm not sure. Um, and, you know, I, I mean – I like their team. I think Nurkic is a good player. He's another guy who gets injured sometimes. Yeah. I was a little surprised. Well, not a kind of surprised that they gave up on DeAndre Ayton. I think DeAndre Ayton, 
under a new coach. He and Monty Williams just never saw eye to right, eye. Right. They just they just had issues with each other. So I thought, well, maybe Frank Vogel might be able to sort of unlock this guy's you know brilliance if it exists. So I was surprised they gave up on him, uh, but they did. Nurkic is a nice player. He gets hurt most years, or at least the last few. But you got Kevin Durant. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant's top 10 all-time player, you know, yes. maybe even higher, you know, even at his age, after all the injuries and things over the years, you know, he's still one of the top three or four guys in the entire NBA. So, and, and Devin Booker, man, he's an assassin. I love that guy, you know? So I think it is going to be Denver and Phoenix in that Western conference final. We'll see, you know, but I, you know, I think I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buying Phoenix's stock, you know, they're good. Yeah, I, I, I'm buying it too, and I think now uh, one of the keys for them is the health because Kevin Durant has played a full season. Bradley Beal, another guy that hasn't, you know, has been in and out of lineup uh, because of injuries, and even Devin Booker has has missed some games too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing Devin Booker even take another step because during the playoffs, like you said, he got his own shot. He did whatever he wanted to, mm-hmm. and now that. If he's able to now, like if he's if he plays point guard, maybe he gets five six assists, and I think that could even open up even more because you know it seemed like there was some disjointment because as you said, they're Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they were scoring. It was almost like Kevin Durant to seem like okay, I'll sit back and let Devin Booker do his thing, and then Devin Booker's like, oh, let me sit back and let Kevin Durant do their thing. I think once they figured it out, now you have Bradley Beal, another twenty point scorer. Maybe Frank Vogel, maybe his offensive uh, philosophy will be a little bit balanced more than Monty Williams is. Uh, and Monty Williams was a good coach. He's a really good coach. Uh, but Frank Vogel bringing that championship experience from the Lakers, too, and, you know, coaching when he was with Indiana, uh, that will definitely help. And I think you said they, 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 I think they have enough. Uh, they'll score a lot of teams. And they got Grayson Allen, too, now. So yeah. Yeah. that, that's a that I think that that helps their even to help their depth because they lost a lot um, as well. But I, I think the ball handling it will come down to those three guys, the big three, and who's going to yeah. be that point guard. But if Devin Booker, I think he's an MVP candidate, especially if he mm-hmm. really you know gets that all around game besides just the scoring. And you know you've seen a little bit of it last at the end of the last towards that last season. They're going to look different in the style of play, too, because they always had Chris Paul the last few years. Chris Paul was more of a pick and roll, sort of walk it up the court. Not really, you know, Chris Paul was, you know, you don't think of Chris Paul as in a fast break style or a really fast pace. I think without him there and possibly because they don't have that point God uh, kind of controlling, they'll probably play a little bit faster this year. And I'll be interesting to kind of see how that works out for them. Yes, yes. So they'll definitely be a very huge problem coming into you know this season if they can stay healthy. Um, and good transition. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors uh, getting the, the point God, getting Chris Paul, losing Jordan Poole. They've had a they had a weird, <laughs> to say the least, season. Bad on the road, uh, was good at home. Very very bad on the road. Good at home. Uh, they there was a lot of tension with the whole Jordan Poole and Draymond Green and and I said in a lot of different podcasts even my own this this past season with you know Steve Kerr starting the way they did Steve Kerr th- th- for some reason I don't know what it was maybe it was just me looking at it this way the coaching was just not 
And maybe that was because of the pool and Draymond Green situation. It seemed very, I don't know, he was at odds, like, because he would play guys like Kaminga and the young guys, but, and Moody, but then he wouldn't play them. It was, it was almost like he his rotations were very up and down. And I think it was one of, not one of his best coaching years. Um, still a great coach. Still one of the best coaches we've seen. Yeah. Uh, but now they got Chris Paul. What role do you think he will play in this offense? Because you said Golden State loves to move the ball. Chris Paul's one of those guys like to slow it down. So that's going to be interesting to see. They still got Steph Curry, still got Klay Thompson, uh, Andrew Wiggins. But what do you think of the Golden State Warriors? Do they have one more run in them? Here's the thing about Chris Paul. He has played in 1,214 regular season games. He started every single one. He has never come off the bench in a regular season game in however many years he's been in the league. He was in the starting lineup during the preseason. Yes. But it's hard for me to see him starting alongside Stephen Curry during the regular season. I mean, here's the thing. As far as I know, the final decision on that has not been made. But he turns 39 years old in May. Okay, and it seems to me that he'd be ideal coming off the bench, leading that second unit, spelling Curry, spelling Clay, playing around 24 minutes a night. He can be he has been injury prone. And since the dubs do have title aspirations, if he accepts a role as the leader of the second unit, I think that makes them much more formidable to to go much deeper in the playoffs. But accounting for his ego makes that whole thing kind of dicey. See, to me, Chris Paul has done everything you can do in the NBA. He's been an all-star probably more than 10 times. He makes zillions of dollars on endorsements. Every State Farm commercial during the season, you see him in there. So, I mean, this guy, he doesn't need the money. He's going to the Hall of Fame. The one thing he hasn't gotten is a chip, okay? And if he accepts a lesser role, I don't think Golden State's going to win it this year anyway. But if he accepts a lesser role, I think that gives the team a better chance to win a chip. And you talk about Steve Kerr. I think this is going to be one of his biggest challenges because if he decides that he doesn't want to start uh, Chris Paul, we'll see how that dynamic works out. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point because you're right, Steve Kerr. He's good. I mean, he's very good at managing. And I just think it was just one of those weird years last season where they weren't they were good, but not good enough. And the whole pool and Draymond really, I think that really railroaded them right from the beginning. Uh, as good as, and I, and I love Steph Curry. People that know me, I'm a, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. Oh. Um, and he can, I mean, yeah, Steph Curry can lead this team and get back to the finals with himself. And if, you know, if Clay can get back to a few years ago, Clay Thompson, which is a big ask, but, yeah. you know, he's getting older too. Yeah. Uh, and not know how many years Curry does have left. And, you know, Draymond's not the same Draymond from even four or five years ago. You know, he's a guy that's been now injured, too. He's starting to get those knick-knack yeah. injuries and getting older. Uh, but I, I, their they're depth, they're not big. They, they you know, Looney, uh, I love them getting Dario Sarge. I think that that was a yeah. good pickup. That was a very, very solid pickup. But, you know, if they go with the, the how they finish lineups, like you said, with Chris Paul, with Steph Curry, Clay Wiggins and Draymond, they're not big. They're, you know, they're, I think they're, they're going to struggle against those big teams like Denver, like the Lakers. You know, even the Clippers can can they have bigs that can really yeah. give them problems too. Um, I think that's where the Golden State Warriors will struggle. 
I think uh, Jonathan Kaminga is going to have a breakout season for those yes. guys this year. In fact, he's my preseason choice for most improved player. Okay. He averaged he averaged just under 10 points a game last year. I think it was 9.9, okay? I could easily see that guy averaging 15 for this team this year with him with uh, you know some additional minutes and a and a more of a, you know, important role. So uh that's my preseason choice for most improved player, Jonathan Kaminga. So if any of y'all are uh, calling the, you know, DraftKings.com or whatever, looking to, you know, I mean, not that we're encouraging gambling, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but I mean, because right. personally, I don't myself. I'm not, a, I'm not a gambler. I enjoy the game because I enjoy the game. Right. And I, I almost don't want to bet on the games because I feel like I don't want to ever be in a situation where I'm rooting against my team to either lose or win by fewer points than they're, I yeah. want him to win by 20. But Kaminga to me is a, is a really, you know, guy to watch this year. I like, I like Kaminga. I think it's just the skill set and the size and he can defend and, and everything. It's just now hopefully Steve Kerr plays him enough. Yes. And that's, he was in the doghouse and some, something was going on. I, I just, I think it was, like I said, I think it was a tug and pull type of thing where it was, do I play the veterans or do I play the young guys? And but they were right in that middle of the pack last year. And I know they said Steve Kerr just he loves the big three and that, that experience. And now Chris Paul with Wiggins um and, and Looney, I think he leans heavy on the veterans more. But yeah, Kaminga and Moody itself, I think they they have to play because they they're yeah. in Sarge too. I think that that rotation and you said Chris Paul lead them that bench. I think that could actually be dangerous for so the Warriors. I, I wouldn't count them out, but I, I'm not. I usually pick them almost every year, but I don't think this this might be the year I. I lay off them a little bit and not get them into the, to the championship. Then again, they could make the finals and win it too. So you just never know. (laughs) You never know, but let's, let's go into this LeBron. Um, And I, I love the, 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 you guys had a segment where you talk about LeBron, how this this is impressive, like playing his 21st season. Uh, You guys had that on your show and um, the Lakers talk about a team that made moves and re-signed guys and, did did a lot of different things too. They uh they could be a, a big huge problem too as long as they again another team that has to stay healthy. Yes. But what do you think of the Lakers and that impressive like LeBron still playing at such a high level in his twenty first season? I said probably more than ten years ago. I remember saying this because I felt this way for a long time. I believe he is the greatest all around player this sport has ever seen. Now I know that the Michael Jordan people will tell me I'm tripping. I get that. I understand that. I understand why they feel that way. And, and I respect that. You know, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is up there too. Oh, you know, yes. If you want to compare Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Michael Jordan, they both got six NBA championships. Oh, by the way, Kareem's got three NCAA championships. MJ only had one. Okay. They changed rules because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yes. when he was in college. They outlawed the dunk. So to me, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of gets lost in in the in the goat discussion sometimes but for me here's why i feel it's lebron as you mentioned we talked about you know in in season 20 of his career he averaged this this scoring average was higher than his career average and the guy that played 19 years before that and won championships and did all he's the last 
few years, his durability has not been quite what it was, I think, because of age. But up until the past three seasons, I mean, he was always in the lineup. He never he never had like extended injuries except for maybe one year. Uh, he was durable. Uh, he could play both ends of the court. He was a great defensive player. He always tried to make his teammates better. Uh, and look. He's still the man in L.A. I'm, I'm sorry. I know he defers to Anthony Davis sometimes, and he called AD the face of the franchise. And, you know, general manager Rob Palenka's brought in a bunch of guys to try and help him. Uh, but you mentioned Davis's health. This is something that almost every year the guy will miss somewhere between 20 and 25 games. And for LeBron, the last three seasons, he aver- he missed like 26 games per season over the last three seasons. So health is going to be an issue for this team. They do have some nice players, you know, Rui Hachimura was nice, you know, Um, Austin Reeves was nice. Uh, Some of the, you know, supporting cast there is nice, but it's really all about LeBron and AD. So if they're not healthy, the the team won't go as far as uh, their fans hope they'll go. Yeah, yeah, and they picked up Gabe Vincent, as we talked about. That was a huge – with his shooting and defense, that helps. I mean, the Lakers are – they're going all in, and, you know, Austin Reeves has improved so much, and they resigned him as well. Uh, I I really like the pieces the Lakers are putting together. But as you said, it starts with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And with LeBron trying to, like, push it forward to Anthony Davis, it's almost like I'm handing this to you, like – this is your team. Like you said, LeBron's still LeBron. And if, if it all comes down to the end, it's still going to be LeBron taking that, making that decision, taking the last shot, whatever it takes. But Anthony Davis, as a, and we've seen it, and we've seen it in spots. It's like this guy's a top five player, top 10 player when he's healthy and motivated and in shape. <laughs> so there's a lot of different variables to make that because Eddie Davis, I always call him the X factor. He's like the big X factor. When he's right and healthy, He's unstoppable. I mean, the guy can give you 25, 30 points, 10, 15 rebounds, and he's a great defender. Yep. Uh, and he blocks shots. He moves. He can – like, there's not many centers that can – and I know he doesn't like playing center, but he plays center. There's not many centers that can guard him. Even Joel Embiid and, and Jokic, he would give them issues because of the athleticism, you know. So, Anthony Davis, like, this it's just the health and the motivation it seems like now and you would think playing with a guy like LeBron he would get more of that but I think once he won that championship he really celebrated a lot yeah. and he was dead and but the guy is, is very talented I know he gets a he gets that that rap that well is he going to play is he not going to play and when he does play what Anthony Davis are you going to get but yeah. I think a motivating Anthony Davis in better shape is 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 makes the Lakers very very unstoppable. Oh yeah, and I really like Darvin Ham, their coach. I yes. think you know I had a chance to talk to him a few times when I was producing some playoff games for ESPN last ESPN Radio last year. I did uh, three of the games in the Lakers Warriors series, so we would do pregame interviews with these guys for the pregame show. Had a chance to talk to him. He is just a solid guy he's got a commanding presence he's got a physical presence he's somebody that if he gets up in a player's face it's not it's not going to be like you know this little guy against a big dude he's about solid six four big shaved head he's the kind of guy that he's really nice but 
don't mess around or you'll find out that he can maybe not be so nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. So the Lakers, I I like their depth. Um, The Lakers have the pieces to, to really make a, another run like they did in getting, like you said, getting Rui Hachimura, getting those pieces, uh, with the touring Prince, I like I like that. Jerry Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent, we said Christian yep. Wood. They got enough guy. Jackson Hayes was I thought was a really solid pickup too because a guy that can block shots and if he's used correctly, um, playing with Anthony Davis or backing him up, I think uh, the Lakers they they don't have to play LeBron so many minutes or Anthony Davis so many minutes. But you're right, it starts and ends with LeBron and AD yep. for them to have a. To have the uh, chance, and they re-signed D'Angelo Russell too. So yep. uh, he he's yep. looked very good um, this so, so far this preseason. Uh, so I had, I got my eyes on the Lakers really making some noise again uh, this past this next season. So this uh, upcoming season. Um, so let's get into a couple of surprise teams uh, or teams that you're looking for. I know you said you have one. I mean, you got Sacramento Kings. They you know they, the, the run they made getting to the to the playoffs for the first time in many years. Dallas Mavericks, see what they can, you see what they do with that dynamic with Luca and Kyrie, the New Orleans Pelicans. Talk about a little bit of Zion. It's I think it starts and ends with him uh, for them to make some noise. And then you got the Memphis Grizzlies also. These are some of the middle of the pack teams. Uh, John Morant being suspended for twenty five games, but getting Marcus Smart. Do they have enough to to hold? To hold it down before Ja comes back, uh, but any teams there? OKC, another surprise team. Yeah. I think that's gonna pretty much improve. That's one of the teams I got my eyes looking for. But any yeah. team that you're looking at in the Western Conference that could be a surprise? Yeah, OKC, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, I really yeah. like them to make the jump into the playoff field. Last mm-hmm. year they made the play-in tournament. Uh, they were led by Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, and they got another guy in the backcourt, Josh Giddy, who's really, really exciting player to watch. Exciting player, he, yes. He begins his third season, but he just turned 21 years old, I think, earlier this month, and he's this is going to be his third year. They have excellent role players like, you know, Lou Dort, and they have two Jalen Williamses, but the J-A-L-E-N Williams is, I think, the, the better one at this better point. Better player, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they got... They got Chet Holmgren, who yes. missed last season. That was his. He was the number two overall pick. You know, the year he came out, he missed last season with a foot injury. He's going to be a real presence in the middle for that team at seven one. It's funny. We were talking about rookie of the year candidates uh, on our last show, and you know, the three guys that we kind of pegged as the likely top three rookies are Holmgren, you know, Victor Wembanyama, and Scoot yes. Henderson. I think Holmgren will be playing for the better team of the three, but it will hurt his rookie of the year chances because he's not going to be out there putting up numbers. He's going to be out there being a complimentary piece for a team that should be in the playoffs. Whereas Victor, I don't know that the, that San Antonio is going to make the playoffs. So he's going to get his touches and his shots. Although I could see Popovich keeping his minutes under control as he continues to build his body up in the weight room and all that. And Scoot Henderson, I think will be the rookie of the year uh, this year. Cause he's got the keys to the offense. He's got a coach who's a former point guard. So I think, you know, again, I think Portland will actually be a better team. They're not going to make yeah. the playoffs. Okay. But they were garbage last year. And I think they're going to be, they're going to be, not garbage this year. Yeah, you know? they, they I like them. DeAndre Ayton on their team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Scoot Henderson. I like you know Jeremy Grant. You know, Anthony Simons. They got nice guys. They just need to kind of mature together. Yeah, and then I think they will be like you said, 
bringing those all those pieces together in Portland. And they got draft picks now, and they just oh. they, they're just built. And who knows? They might keep Robert Williams, and they you know they just yeah. they they could they could keep a lot of those guys, and you know just having some veterans there yeah. with this young team. They're they're, they're they remind me of OKC. You know, just building, yeah. getting all these draft picks, and then you know drafting the right guys or getting in guys and trade young guys and having a few veterans here and there. But uh yeah, I think Portland could Portland they, they won't make the playoffs, but they're gonna yeah. be, I think, a little bit more improved than a lot of predictions. Uh yeah. but I do like the OKC uh team and you know Shea Gilkers Alexander was fourth in scoring last year and uh really had this team uh, with without Chet Holmgren really had this team buzzing. Now you get Chet who can who can just come in be the talented player that he is. And I, I really, I, I like that uh, uh, with, with the pieces they have too. But yeah. uh, the last topic I want to talk about was, is Victor Womiyama kind of touched on that. Uh, let me ask you this. Is the hype real to you? <laughs> what you've seen so far? I know it's early, but is the hype real? <laughs> well, if you kind of look at the skill set that he has, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, he can shoot the ball. No one's going to block his shot. Right? right. So, I mean, you know, he can, he can, go out to the three-point line and, and shoot. He can shoot anywhere. If he gets down in the post, I mean, nobody's going to block his shot. If he ever were to, like, you know, call up Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and said, hey, Captain, can I come train with you and learn that <laughs> yeah. high hook? He might be <laughs> completely unstoppable. He's got a great handle, right? I saw him make moves with the ball where he would kind of show flexibility, get around guys, didn't yeah. necessarily dunk over them. Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, look, with him, I'm concerned with him. First of all, he's he's with the right franchise. Yes, he's with, that's he's it. with a franchise that will nurture him. San Antonio, the fan base there is very, very forgiving and very loyal. They don't boo their team. If he has a bad game, they're going to still cheer for him because they see him as their savior. And they're going to they're not. It's not like in Philly or New York. If a guy yeah. misses five shots in a row. You start hearing the crowd like murmuring, and, <laughs> Boy, and when they yes. miss the next one, when they mix the next one, that's when the food <laughs> come out. That yep. won't be happening with him. So I think he's in a nice kind of nurturing environment. He's only nineteen, right? So mm-hmm. he's you know he has to mature physically. He has to mature with his uh, you know mindset and all that. But look, he's got Tim Duncan there. He's got David Robinson there. That Spurs family is really a thing. I mean, the Heat have their culture. The Spurs have one too. Yep. A little bit different. So I'm, I think the hype is real. I mean, you know, I think he'll be in the top three for rookie of the year. Like I said, I think Scoot's going to win it. Uh, but yes, I, you know, what, what have you seen from Victor that you like? Oh, everything you just said, like it, the ball handling. I mean, you've seen it during when, you know, before he was drafted, you've seen the ball handling, but now transitioning that just like in early in the early stage. Now players are going to go at him. They're going to go right at him. You know, guys like uh, we talked about like Anthony Davis or LeBron or Kevin Durant, you know, they're going to see him, but to a guy, his size, the fluidity that he has in his game and he's, he's getting to his spots, at least in the preseason, he was getting to his spots and he's shooting right over the top of guys. Cause he's seven foot four with a long wingspan. Uh, so I, I'm liking that. I love the ball handling and him able to get to the rim and do a lot of different things. And the, and the jump shot is is coming along, and he can yeah. he can definitely shoot the ball at basketball. So I'm seeing a lot of a lot of good things with him. You know, I was I was on a, I did a podcast yesterday, and we were talking about 
Chris Porzingis uh, being that that unicorn when he came into the league, yep. seven foot three, can shoot the basketball. Not much handle like a Victor Wimiyama, not the, the ball handling, but kind of a little bit similar games. I think uh, Victor Wimiyama is a little bit better athletically, but it's that that the height and the size. So, yeah, I think the, the best thing for him is he's in that that culture, that Spurs culture, uh, and it brought back Popovich. Remember, Popovich was on his way to retire. They get the number one pick. He's like, hmm. Yeah, I think I'll come back and 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 coach this guy for a couple seasons. I got something. I got another. I got another seven footer rarity of a player that I've had. David Robson. I had Tim Duncan. Now I got Victor Wamiyama. Sure, I'll come back. You don't have to pull my arm. I'll come back and coach this guy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because when they made it into the lottery. I just knew that the Spurs were going to get I did him. too, yes. I, you just knew it because it's like we've seen this movie before. You know, David Robinson, number one overall pick. I think it was in 87. Tim Duncan, number one overall pick in 97. And so, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it just felt like it was sort of like, you know, San Antonio's, you know, living, you know, living right or something. I yeah, know. right, I mean, right. You know, so, I mean, but I would, you know, I would much rather see him – in a, in a place like San Antonio, you know, where they know they're not going to be good this year, but they're all about building. They have some young guys. I don't know. You know, they're not making the playoffs this year, no. uh, but you know, in pop, we trust. I mean, you know, the guys in the hall of fame for a reason. Yeah. Right. And it's the, it's the coaching and the culture and the, you know, the system. And as you said, it's a good organization, great organization, championship organization. Yep. And he, he, he went right. And as you said, when they, and there was the lottery, I said, and Victor Wimayama, we knew was the number one pick. I, I, I told my wife, I said, yeah, he's going to go. He's the Santos is going to get the number one pick. And it's just, it's only right that he goes right to them. You yep. know, it, it was, it was just, it was just like you said, it fit and Popovich, like I said, he just said, uh, yeah, sure. I'll sign an extension, another two, three years. Let me get this guy on track and then maybe I'll retire, but he's at least in the right situation to, oh, yeah. yep. you know, to develop slowly if he needs to and get there. So I, I totally agree with that. So, um, but, uh, the last one I was going to ask you, um, just your, your finals, uh, who do you have in the finals? I know you know your predictions. I know you're gonna do your predictions on your show, but yeah. who do you like? Who do you like in the finals and to win the championship? Well, in the West, I have Denver over Phoenix in the conference finals, so that's got Denver in the finals. Milwaukee and Boston in the East. I'm giving it to Boston um, because I'm a Boston fan. If I were a Milwaukee fan, I'd give it to Milwaukee. I think those <laughs> teams are just so close, uh, and uh, but I know it's going to be one of them. So I'm going to say Boston versus Denver in the finals. And then, look, how, how can I not pick Boston to win the championship? If right. I'd have to hand in my my green card, you know, if I did that. <laughs> right, right. Who, who do you have? I, I, I got the same teams in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. But I have, yes, I have Denver over Phoenix in the West. And I have Milwaukee over Boston 
in the East. Uh, and I got Milwaukee over Denver in the final. Okay. So I think Giannis and I think Damian, Damian Lillard will get his first championship. I, I think he makes that much of a difference for that team. And it's, uh, it just opens up the offense. Uh, I, they'll figure it out defensively. But I, I, I really like what – I you know, like I said, there are concerns with the coaching and things like that. But I think the Bucks and Giannis – being even he's just a hungry like this guy just is a hungry he just wants to keep improving keep getting better and that's scary for the league if he just having Damian Lillard and that just opens up the offense so much for him it's it's that's scary but uh it's gonna be close I think it's gonna be the Milwaukee Boston that can go either way but I yeah I got the Bucks winning the championship you know Boston and Milwaukee could play each other 11 times this year. Yeah, right. We've got four regular season games and then a possible seven-game series. So we could see those guys just going at each other 11 times this year. I mean, how great is that? That's great. That's <laughs> the, East, the top of the East, if it's if it's Bucks, Celtics, I mean, Tatum, Giannis, and Drew oh. Holiday, and Dame, oh. and it's like, yeah, it's in Middleton and Jalen Brown. Like the the, yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a series that comes out. I think Denver and Phoenix will be a good series too, yeah. Uh, because now Phoenix can figure it out. You know their offense and and everything too. But I think Denver's just too much for just about anybody, any yeah. team. Um, even losing those guys we talked about, I still feel like with Nikola Jokic, it's he wants. I think he wants more, and I think he's gonna play like that. That he wants to continue to try to win more championships, but I just, I, I don't know if they're going to repeat, but I would not be surprised if they do. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, it'll be so much fun to see this season. You said it at the very beginning of this show. I don't think I've been as excited for a season to start in a really, really long time because <laughs> everywhere you look, there's a great storyline. Story, I mean, yeah. We didn't even talk about Cleveland. Who's going to be yeah. good. We didn't yeah. talk about the Knicks who are going to be good. I mean, you know, we barely touched the Lakers. Okay. Um, Minnesota, we didn't even mention them. I think Minnesota might be decent. So everywhere you look, there's like there's teams, good stuff. Yeah. There's good there's stuff. So many, yeah, and the West is so loaded with, like I said, 10 to 12 teams are battling yeah. for eight spots. So, uh, hey, yeah, it's going to be a, a tremendous season. And you got the in-season game tournament. You got that coming up as well um, on top of that. It's like a March yeah. Madness of yeah. – that's a big storyline too. So it's uh yeah, it's gonna be a tremendous season. I'm I'm very excited for Tuesday. Uh, I know you are too. I'm and look forward to all the content uh the of the 48 uh, minutes podcast. So but let everyone know. Thank you again. Really oh, appreciate the time. Uh, I mean, I love this. We have to do this again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would yeah, love to. Just, you know, you really know your stuff, Courtney. I'll thank you. I'll tell you what, you know. And it's not just because we agreed on a lot of things. I mean, you know, the depth of your knowledge and the perspective and all that. I mean, I know that, you know, your viewers and your listeners are getting a lot when they listen to you. So great work, great conversation, a lot of fun talking with you. And I would love to come back another time. I, pre I really appreciate that. I really are grateful and really appreciate uh, those kind words. And uh, I, yes, same to you, like the knowledge. And I knew that we were going to, you know, the, the many years you've, you've, been in the league and covered the league and, and everything. I knew this was going to be a great episode. So, but thank you again, but let everyone know where they can follow you, yep. subscribe to the podcast, um, on social media and on, on all the podcast platforms. Yeah. Yeah. All, you know, it's 48 minutes, uh, from the believe B L E A V the believe network. Um, uh, we do the audio 
you know, podcasts, wherever you listen. Uh, and on my personal YouTube channel, which is Bruce Bernstein, um, we put all of our shows up there and sometimes we take out selected clips and put up some shorter things. If you don't want to listen, you know, if you don't want to watch a whole show, we try to occasionally put up like a good shorter discussion. So if you just want some bite-sized pieces, you can get some of that too. Uh, Instagram, I'm pure, I'm at pure hoops, Bruce, Twitter. I'm at pure hoops, Bruce. Uh, and, uh, when you know if, if if you if you check us out uh, and you want to comment or whatever, we're very very responsive to people. I love answering people, even if I don't agree with them or they don't agree with me. <laughs> if you want to interact, if you ever want to hit me up on Twitter and say, "Hey, why don't you guys talk about such and such?" We we do because we do like a mailbag segment sometimes. So we want you know we're just all about having fun with with hoop heads, right? And that's yeah. who's watching you. That's who we are. That's who you are. So yeah, we just, you know, we want to have a, we just want to be a fun place and, uh, and have some fun. And, you know, like I said, we want everybody to be a water cooler legend. That's, you know, that's our goal in life. That's what it's about. <laughs> yep. I love that. And like Thank I said, you, follow the, follow the podcast, follow the show, follow the, you know, follow Bruce on all social media platforms. I always say the one of the easiest things to people say, how do I support like subscribe, share, Yep. I, that's the easiest thing to do. Comment. I, that that's it. I always I tell listeners all the time. I want to be part of the show. Like, subscribe, and and, and share. That, that's a yeah. that's the click easy easy listen and comment um, yep. on, on on those things. So I think that's a great. So thank you again. Like I said, I'm, I'm very very me. appreciative of your time, and I thank you again. Uh, for this and this is already going to be on all the socials and i've already shared it on facebook and twitter awesome. and instagram so uh, i hope everyone enjoyed this uh this conversation if you're like you said, a hoop head this this one's for you so looking forward to the season and i'm looking forward to all the, the content that you guys are are doing so uh, thank, again thank, thank you bruce you. for coming on the show thank you thank you courtney and Thanks to all your listeners and viewers too. Take care. Yes, thank you, and everyone follow the uh, follow the show, follow all the content on the like I said bs3network.com, bs3tv on Roku and all the socials. Until next time, I'll see you guys and enjoy this NBA season. Everyone have a uh, everyone be safe and God bless. 